Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe Shaw. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And today we have a brand new metric to kind of measure you through the draft process. Yes, and that statistical and analytical tool has come from none other than Joseph P. Chap. And for those of you who don't know, Joe just hangs around here being some humble dude. But the reality of the matter is that it is a patent-pending analytic tool that has uh, been recognized by many in the professional sports industry. And uh, Joe is a wanted man here for his great statistical analysis and uh, player analytics. So you, on the Cindy and Joe Show, are going to have a special uh, exhibition of such a tool. Yeah, so this this tool can be used throughout any sport because it's a measure of certain uh, statistics, certain uh, measurables, certain ways that you can measure how good a player can be. Like, for instance, I use the same statistic in hockey, and guess who came up with Lucas Raven? That was the, that was the correlation that you could tie it between two sports. And then I did another correlation. I did Kate Cunningham because he's another Detroit player. Uh, player and it came back the same as what he is right now and isn't it true that when you interviewed for one of the local professional sports teams or had a meeting with them that they were very intrigued by your methodology and they were very intrigued by how you came up with interestingly enough the very same conclusions that some of their top scouts did yeah and it's a different method because it's more statistical based it's more metrics based you know, one of the things that, that we people get wrong in sports is it's opinion. You know, they, they're, this opinion of this and that, it, it kind of clouds what their judgment is. You know, but you, you can only use certain analytics in certain situations and certain metrics, but it helps to have it. You can't just use it all analytics or all opinion-based. Yeah, you kind of got to have both, right? Yeah. So what I'm wondering, Joe, is... Will your analytics model work for politics? Because I would really like to know, <laughs> for example, who might be the strongest candidate in the Michigan Secretary of State's race? Just saying, not that I have any vested interest. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we could do that because uh, I think you would have a pretty, pretty pretty big power grab over there. Would it give me the edge, Joe? That's what I want to know. I think it would. I think it would. <laughs> I th- it's obviously different in the politics realm because there are so many variables that play in that because you're from the politics realm. Right. There's so many variables that come into play, but like in sports, it's a little bit different. You know, like... It, well, there's more measurables There's more. Me- there's more yeah. measurables. Like if we me- measured you against Jocelyn Benson, I don't know what the height difference is, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think that could come into play, but... You know, with this is it's 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 the same thing. It's it's you know, 
a lot of people are talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and Agent Hutchinson as the people that you want to go after for the top two picks. You know, the, mm-hmm. the top, the second overall pick for the Lions. Yeah. It, uh, now, let me ask you this, Joe. Does your analytics tool take into account not only who's the better draft choice, but specifically who is the better draft choice relative to what the Lions need? It's more It's more based on... Okay, so it's more based on how do how does this player how does this player go to the NFL and how is he ready? It's like when I did it for Lucas Raymond with the uh, Red Wings. You know, he in the Swedish League Hockey League, he did pretty pretty well and he was doing he's played really really well, and he kind of measured it to what the NHL standards was and the boom bust ratio that you the player index I call it was a seventy five percent positive rating and a twenty five percent negative rating and I've done. I've went back and I've I've done models of, you know, players like Joey Harrington. You know, that's a guy that the the Lions are very very know they know about Joey Harrington. Okay. He had a boom bust ratio, like a player index rating, where his boom was thirty three percent, and his his I think his uh, his bust ratio was about forty seven percent. That's a big that's a big jump, especially when you're talking about a quarterback. It's the same thing with this one, you know. And this one is it's a little bit different because like a lot of people want Aiden Hutchinson, they want Kayvon Thibodeau, and because they're areas of need that the Lions need. But there's a very, very, very real possibility, and this is where Brad Holmes has to kind of do his homework because the boom but the player index rating has a 49% bust rating for Thibodeau. And a fifty-one percent positive rating. That's as close as you can get to fifty-fifty. And Aiden Hutchinson is the same thing: fifty-one percent boom and a forty-nine percent negative rating. So, in other words, when we're talking about Thibodeau or Hutchinson, we're looking at really a crapshoot either way. Pretty much, you're 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 taking a risk either way because yeah. if you look at it, like if you go into the metrics and you look at it and you go into statistics and you say. Well, look, like look at Aiden Hutchinson, right? He's ascended, which means he's came into the picture. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Thibodeau, he's descended. He has regressed. Once progressed and once regressed. But if you look at their whole overall evaluation, the thing about Aiden Hutchinson is this was his best year as a college player. Yeah. And Thibodeau's was best college year was as a, as a freshman. And I always get worried about, you know, a lot of players when they think that they're going to be picked on top five or top, you know, top five pick, they, they kind of put it on back. Like, they don't play as hard. Yeah. Because they're trying to protect themselves. And we see him with Trevor Lawrence, who's the number one overall pick last year, and the boom-bust ratio for him was 55 and 45. Not as good as you would think it would be Not for because, all the hype. Because the guy, let's put it in perspective all time, okay? A guy like Peyton Manning, 90-10. Wow. I'm just dying to know. You know who I'm going to ask about. Tom Brady? My man, Tom Brady. Ooh, he can bust me anytime, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it's funny because I'm actually rooting for Tom Brady this week. I think that, I think, uh, I'm kind of sick of the whole Matthew Stafford stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting because it seems like there has been more discussion about Matthew Stafford as a lion since he's been a ram than there was when he was a lion. 
you know what the sad part about it is? This is like literally the sad part. The sad part is like, you know, Matthew Stafford, he went to LA and he was like, oh, I want to play in big games. Well, you played in big games in Detroit and you lost them. Like you, you, yeah. did, you lost against Green Bay at home for the division title. You lost against Dallas because you didn't score no points in the second half. You're asking for a whole... You're asking to lose when you don't score in a whole half. But the argument, Joe, always was that Matthew Stafford didn't have anyone around him to contribute to the to the win. That they didn't have, you know, any supporting cast. He didn't have anyone. Uh, you know, he had no receivers. He had he had nobody on his line to help him out. That was the argument. And so they're saying, well, now he goes to L.A. and he shouldn't have this problem. But it's just interesting how we're talking about Lions players even after they're no longer Lions. I mean, do you see that dynamic anywhere else other than, say, Tom Brady? I mean, people are talking about Tom Brady because, let's face it, it's Tom Brady. They're going to talk about him no matter where he's at. Tom Brady's one. But they don't talk about Tom Brady as a Patriot. They talk about Tom Brady as a Buck. I still talk about him as a Patriot because he won. He won. Well, maybe but, they're... But, but the Lions fans are consumed to think... See, you bring up an interesting point. You know, Matthew Stafford is boom. When he was... His player index rating was 45-55, which 55 was negative and 45 was positive. Now, that's a real... That is an interesting statistic that actually he had a greater bust ratio than a boom ratio. I'm wondering if L.A. took that into account or if they're even considering that. Now let me ask you this. You know who I'm going to ask about next, right? Who? Who do? You, what happens to Jared Goff? Where does he factor in? I'm curious. Well, when he when he came to the league, it was 45-55 too. So he was the same as Matthew Staff. Yeah, it, it, it's it's because you got to look at it like from where you know the the measurables for Goff really weren't that great. They really weren't. Um, like a guy like a guy like um. A guy like Patrick Mahomes, right? When he came out. He had a good forty time. He had a good. Uh, he had a good. Uh, he he had statistics to back it up. He was a more of a positive rating than he was a bust rating. That was probably something that Kansas City looked at. Like they looked at the, pro- the probability of what he could do versus what he can't do. Well, and obviously too, you know, when they're doing this player assessment and they're assessing their draft picks. They're obviously also taking into account the intangibles, and we've talked about that. Yeah. You know, you've got all your hard numbers, you've got all your analytics. Those are all, you know, your your observations. You know, those are your tangibles, film, all that kind of thing. But then you've got your intangibles, right? Which are kind of like ambition, drive, uh, you know, mindset, um, discipline, all of those things. Well, for quarterbacks, it's very, very easy to. Um, how to measure how they how how do they come back from adversity? You know, like I think you know, a guy like Tom Brady. You know, when he throws an interception, he's more likely to throw a touchdown the next drive. A guy like Matthew Stafford, he's more of a guy who where it depends where who he's playing. If he's playing a team that really isn't no great shakes, he'll play well. He will. He will. But when he plays a good team, he's put up against it, face the pressure. He kind of struggles. He kind of gets, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's certain players that they relish playing good teams, and there's certain players that just don't. 
So, I mean, obviously, so his his ability to produce seems to be relative to his environment. Mm -hmm. And that's what he really does need to eclipse that in order to realize his full potential and, and really become a champion. The other thing, too, that I'm curious about these analytic models, whether it's yours or somebody else's, because we talk a lot about analytics, and no doubt the Lions are looking at that when they're, when they're assessing their draft choices and making sure they make the right choice. Do the analytical models take into account, you know, peaks, uh, cycles? Obviously, every athlete, every professional cycles. They have good years, bad years, good games, bad games, and so on. And some of them peak early, and some of them take a little longer and peak. Some of them have multiple peaks. Yep. Do the analytical models take that into account? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because uh, you have to take everything into account. To make a, a conclusive analytical model you have to basically take everything and make it to where it's one conformity you know kind of dumb it down is one thing weighted more than another and if so what aspects of an analytical you know statistical model when you're looking at the potential for a player to produce um in particular in this case what's their potential to produce in the professional the highest ranks of the profession whether it be nfl nhl nba whatever we're talking about um what factors weight heavier than others? Well, there's factors of adversity. There's factors of how do they come back from not playing their best game. Like how that's why you can kind of see the the boom and bust kind of ratio for um, Thibodeau and Hutchinson because there was games where they were very very good, and there's games where they were. The guy who got schemed at, and they kind of got shown, like when Hutchinson played Michigan State, right? Mm -hmm. They ran at Hutchinson. They ran at, or they ran, they ran away from him sometimes, and then they came back and ran at him. And the reason for that is, they kind of knew something that other teams didn't, you know. And they really, they didn't have the offensive line to kind of stop Hutchinson, mm -hmm. but they made it to where they game plan to where they used his aggressiveness and his the way he plays against them and that's that's something that you if you're an NFL team you that's what you do too all the time and you've seen with the Georgia game they took him out of the game they made sure that he didn't have a shot in hell to make plays on, the, on their quarterback so if you're the Lions right you're Brad Holmes you're um you know, you're Dan Campbell and you're taking a look at your your draft choices right and you know those guys know that they are being scrutinized mm -hmm. very heavily, and there's a lot at stake in terms of they have this opportunity to draft very high. So who are you looking at? If you're those guys, who are they looking at right now, according to the modeling, according to you know the needs of the team? If you're them, who are you looking at? It's a little bit off the board because I really don't think that they're going to go with a safety to start the, the whole pick, but... If you're going to go with the safest pick and the guy who has the most upside and the guy who could be a complete difference maker, it's Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Because if you look at it, that 49-51 uh, boom-the-bust ratio, right, mm -hmm. for both of those, those defensive ends, you can get the same boom-bust ratio later in the first round with the Rams pick. And there's a reason for that because, you know, People are people are so want they they so badly want a guy who can rush the passer in the NFL. They they want it so bad. 
But the, what, you got to think about it like this. If you draft this player at second overall and he doesn't play to what he's capable of, as you as a, you're, you as a general manager, you're in... Whew, yeah, you're gonna look bad. You're in bad. See, this is a this is a problem with what sometimes general managers they overthink it. Like they go, they go, oh, I need this guy, so I'm gonna take him. But he really doesn't have a really good probability of becoming a really really good player. You know what, too, and I think that the front office guys tend to sometimes cave to the pressure or overthink or of who, of who the the fans or the sports pundits or the media thinks they should pick. And, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson, you know, they're like, well, obviously, you know, you want to grab that guy. And then the fan base gets upset when these GMs choose other players. The guys off the radar. Yeah, but they have to understand that they're looking at a whole lot more than what we as fans are looking at. Well, you got to look at it like Steve, from the Steve Eisenhower point of view. You know, like Lucas, when they took Cider, the sixth overall pick. Even Cider was shocked. He, he couldn't believe he, he got he, picked. He, people were like... What? Right. Like, oh, if you go back right. and watch the, the TV, uh, they were like, what? Yep. And you're like... Well, even you look, like I said, you look at Cider and he's shocked. He's sitting there like, was that me? Did they right. call my name? Right, did they actually call my name? And it's <laughs> was like, that me? And that's what good general managers do. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, Alexis Lanfarnier, who was the guy who was drafted first overall in the, the Lucas Raymond draft, you know who had a better probability of becoming a better player sooner? Lucas Raymond. And he was the fifth overall pick. Because yeah. sometimes these general managers, they get stuck in this whole mold where, you know, there's a guy that, you got to look at the hype factor too. Like the, like a guy like from, in hockey, it's the Canadians, right? If there's a, right. if there's a Canadian, if there's, if there's a Canadian player who uh, has, has played very, very well and he scores goals, he usually gets ranked over a guy who's from like Russia or Sweden. Sweden. So does the same thing apply in football? Because to me, you know, football, you're looking for size, right? You're looking for size on the line, especially if you're looking for your, your defensive line. Well, it go, it's, it's, it's like that for football, too, because there's certain programs. I mean, can you can you move up the ranks just by being big? No, you can move up the ranks by what school do you go to. Oh, I can see that for sure. I mean, if you played at Alabama, that's a, that's a high mark for you. And a lot of those guys, they live to the billing of what they were. I mean, you look at a guy like like Justin Herbert, right? He was the fifth overall pick of that year. And he's the best quarterback out of that draft. You know, a guy like like last year, Trevor Lawrence, right? He was the number one overall pick. He was just a guy who everybody wanted. The Brett girl. He was, I call him the Brett girl with his flowing locks. He was the guy that everybody wanted. He was right. the guy that, like... You know, he's a generational type player. And if you look at the boom buster, it, he, he really didn't have this... You know, generational type feel like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. They had like 80, 20, 90, 10. Like that's just that's really just that you really can't go wrong with those guys. You look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. You know, he, he had some very very red marks on his his his, uh, his total pool. Well, and you can see. I mean, I don't think he's he has done anything for Jacksonville. That's for sure. Yeah, but he came into a bad situation. But that's again one of the things that you have to take into correlation is. The organization you go to, you know, like a Jacksonville, like they they were they were a dysfunctional organization when he came in, and they've been dysfunctional. You but, know what I'm surprised by, Joe? I think you know whose expertise we need. 
Because I have a question, and I don't think you're the man to answer it. Mm. I think you need to phone a friend. I think you need to call your girlfriend, Jenna, the the fabulous hairstylist. Here's what I want to know. How the hell did Redkin or Paul Mitchell or one of the other salon brands miss out on getting an endorsement deal with Trevor Lawrence? He should have absolutely got an endorsement deal from some hair care product company because that's all I can see when I see that guy is his lovely golden locks. It, it, his hair is pretty nice. It is. Yeah. Well, Think you, about you it. You know who got? You know who really got? Uh, you know who grew out his hair to get uh, a sponsorship by Paul Mitchell, right? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. There you go. And he's really not this this good looking dude, but like he grew out his hair for that. So did Tom Brady at one point. It's amazing what you know. You know, seven figure paycheck will make you do. <laughs> right. 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 No, but seriously, no, but uh, my point is, hey, Trevor Lawrence probably could have made even a bigger splash as as a hair model as he, that he could have what, what he did with Jackson. I think they'll have a better year. year next year. I think I think they need to really, they need, their whole thing is they need to go get that left tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal, and protect his ass because he really don't have protection. That really, He's a guy that would he needs a protection because even at Clemson he had pretty good protection as a, his offense line was pretty good. You know I would love to see if there is a QB in this draft class. I know you we talked about it before and you pointed out that there really isn't anybody uh, for us to pick up. And I know that you know now they've won three games at the end of the season, so now people are starting to warm up to Jared Goff a little bit. But I gotta tell you, um, and Jared Goff is one. Hell of a guy. Very, very nice guy. But I really do not believe that he is the answer for the Lions. Um, I, I don't know if they think he is, but uh, I don't think so. I think he's, the success of the Lions at the end of the season did not come from Jared Goff's performance, but rather from the uh, enhancement and performance of our rookies and um, of our, of well, our that's, younger that's, guys. That's part of it. I mean, Jared Goff, the reality with Jared Goff is, he needs a guy. He needs guys around him to be good, and to be good. He needs he needs guys. You know, there's there's certain quarterbacks in the NFL that and those are elite guys that don't need a lot of help. Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady can throw to anybody. He can throw. He can throw to Big Bird out there. There's three. There's three guys in the NFL right now that you go. They don't need much help because they can do it all by themselves, and that's the way it is. And that's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson. Because they've yeah. been they've been doing it their whole career, where you know, like a guy, a guy like Tom Brady, like he, he right now he's throwing to like Rashad Perriman, who the Lions cut. And, okay, and, I mean Russell Wilson, he got he finally has good wide receivers, but he don't have an offense line. And you look at Aaron Rodgers, I mean he just has Devontae Adams. This is his best team yet, and they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl. Why? Because when you insulate a good a great quarterback with talent, probably going to do really really well. So what are the Lions doing right now? Obviously, their season is over. What are they doing uh, at this time other than assessing their plans and their analytical models for who they're going to choose in the draft? What are they doing right now? And what should they be doing? Well, right now they're breaking down the free agents and how they're going to attack free agency. And then when they get to the camp, they're going to have their pre-combine, you know, Boards where they they like these players and they like this player, and those boards will change after the combine because different people will come and play and do really really good at the combine, and that's usually when you really find out which player is really good, 
And these boom to bust ratios, they will change when the combine comes around because if Thibodeau comes out and he runs he runs a four four. I mean that's 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 elite level speed for a defensive end. So that's that's the things that can change really, really quick. And interestingly enough, you know a lot about the combine because you've been invited to the combine before. Uh, is that not true? Yes, I have. Yes, and I don't know. Do you think you're going to be invited this year? What do you think the chances of that are? Or is it still COVID-affected? Still COVID-affected. Right. You know, and thank God, the NHL, I know we're talking football in the Lions here, but the NHL, you know, just recently lifted their... Oh, the NFL did too. Fantastic, where they're no longer testing players who are asymptomatic, thank God. Well, my, the whole reality with that is, I mean... It's like college football playoff, right? COVID don't live there, bro. Right. It don't live there. <laughs> because right. guess what? We might lose money. Yep. That's that's what it's about. It, I mean, the NHL is probably like, oh, God, we're going down to the last part of the season. They're probably like, Canada, shut the hell up. We are not testing these players if they're asymptomatic. Because guess what? We like money. Do you like money? <laughs> Do you like tax money? <laughs> then shut up always been an issue i would contend that it's that i've said from the beginning that covid is only going to be an issue so long as the amount of money that they are afraid of losing in lawsuits is overridden by the amount of money they are actually losing by not playing games and not admitting fans to the stadium and all of that so the the risks of covid have to uh be less than the reality of the losses that they're suffering be, because of some perceived threat. Well, the, re- the reality so, of the situation is it's not going away. It will never go that's away. That's right. And if if you gotta go, you gotta move on. Like you can't. This is a more of like the business of sports. But like if you're a, if you're a, if you're an owner and you're playing a game, let's say you're the you're the you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady gets tested tested for COVID. He pops up positive right before you take the field against the Rams guess what's happening you're not winning well let me tell you do you know why well you use Tom Brady as an example and the fact of the matter is that myself along with probably millions of other other women in the United States and around the world would suck the air out of Tom Brady's lungs even if he had COVID it wouldn't (laughs) matter it's like it doesn't even matter we'll take the risk you know it's worth if I die I die happy I die a happy woman but no but really um the fact is you're right COVID's not going away and I think that People have got COVID fatigue at this point, yeah. and certainly it is hitting the bottom line of every industry, including professional sports. And it is a business, regardless of what anything else, what anyone else says. You're not, you're not going to keep going like this. No. You can't continue to go like this. And nope. And the amount of NHL games that have been postponed is is absolutely insane. Like at least get, at least I can give the NFL credit; they didn't postpone any games this year. I mean, they moved a couple games to a Tuesday night, but that that was it. Well, we'll be it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do during this postseason period, as well as uh, what they do rolling into the draft and dealing with their free agents. But certainly, they will be using, among other things, analytic tools such as you've developed, my friend. Mm-hmm. And um, we might even start posting some of the you're going to um, be posting examples of that, the content of that on. Yeah, and, and between, on our social, on Detroit Lions news between the whistles, all that stuff. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get noticed. We're gonna get this all this out there. But 
if you're Brett Holmes, you gotta you gotta love you gotta love the way you're going into this off season. How you can kind of push it aside and get better. And I think that the Lions have nowhere to go but up, and I think they've got a tremendous, um, you know, jumping off point in these last three games of the season where they showed what they are capable of. And I think that we're going to see more of that. I think they're only going to make enhancements um, going in the offseason. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do with next season. And you're really going to know a lot about Brad Holmes' offseason because there's not many hard, there's a lot of hard decisions that have to be made that are not easy decisions. And, and I trust that he knows exactly what he's doing. Here's the one thing that I think with the Lions uh, that they haven't had in years past is they have really a, a very good sense of direction in terms of where they're going. Brad Holmes at the, uh, Holmes at the helm, and he's got Dan Campbell as his co-pilot. And I think that those two know exactly where they're headed, and they are going to be very strategic in their choices that will enhance where this organization is going and will make a better uh, season for all of us uh, rolling into the fall. And I think that they're going to stick with Jared Goff going into next year. I think, I think they are too. Because there's no quarterback that you, the top quarterback that has a positive rating is 20%. And, and so you may as well stick with what you got. It's, the, it's, it's, it's what do they say, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. You're, you're not investing right. that type of stuff into guys that don't have a good probability of being good. Absolutely. This is the Cindy and Joe show on between the whistles and we will see you next week remember we are your hometown team and we are sponsored by wild bills